0: That was the Bulldog Brigade Thompson High School Band playing us into the Week 10 High School Football Podcast. Now, what we're going to talk talk about on today's show is we're going to recap last Friday's blockbuster slate of games and what those results meant for the region races that are really heating up and, and eventually will wind down as we enter the playoffs in the coming weeks. We're going to preview the... Featured game for AUGB ball this Friday night, which is the 378 war in Washington, Georgia, between Lincoln County and Washington Wilkes. That's a century-old rivalry. And then we're going to finish up with a special interview with Silver Bluff head coach D'Angelo Bryant. the The Bulldogs are the hottest team around, along with Thompson. And that's where we'll start off. Uh, a review of last week's games at the Brickyard in Thompson. The Bulldogs, number six team in Class 3A in Georgia, topped arch-rival Burke County 27-14. to With the exception of a couple-minute time span, it was a dominant outing by Thompson. John Tavis Curry, first touch of the game, goes 75 yards for a touchdown. Um, later on in the first half on the fourth series, for Thompson's offense. Curry touches it on the first play, goes 50 yards um, for a touchdown. Curry wasn't the only showstopper for the Bulldogs. You had Tay Martin on the first play of the fourth quarter with Thompson nursing a 21-14 lead making a completion over the middle to Jordan Lane, a sophomore. Um, On third and 15, he he completes a 28-yard pass to keep that drive alive. And then on the very next play, Martin goes 30 yards for a touchdown. Martin, the senior, I would say over the last three years, he has earned the right to be called our area's best football player during that span. He's the ultimate competitor, a class act, I always love to get to see Tay Martin play football. On the other side of the ball, you had Quinshawn Hurst, uh transfer from Washington Wilkes, a junior. He records tackles by the dozens. Hurst was um Was electric on defense, had an interception, recovered a fumble, in on all kinds of tackles in the backfield. Speaking of tackles in the backfield, you had Kendarius Green with five of those. Um, Quay Cummings had uh, a sack and a forced fumble. You know, the the Thompson defense was just as impressive as the Thompson offense. Now, Burke County, never to be doubted, um, did put a, a fierce Rally together in the third quarter scored 14 points in a matter of 113 seconds. You know, less than two minutes of play there. Um, started when Ivan Arroyo, the senior nose tackle, recorded a safety to, to make it 21 to 2. Um, on the next, uh, on the kickoff from Thompson, uh, Burke County was able to put the offense, was able to put their only touchdown drive of the game together, a 48-yard drive that ended with a Tiger-Williams touchdown. And then on the very next series for Thompson, Burke County forced a fumble and Elijah Young recovered it in the end zone to make it 21-14. So at that point, the place was rocking. Burke County was back in the game, but Thompson, number six in the land, just really slammed the door shut on that bear rally, and they showed why um, you know Thompson should not be doubted when it comes to this uh, Class Three A state tournament, uh, the the state playoffs that we have coming up. But th- this region's not done yet. What what you have this weekend, this Friday, is Heppsaba visiting Burke County. is still undefeated in region play. They've got a dynamic attack, uh, especially the passing attack with Jalen Patrick, the quarterback, and Eric Grant, the wide receiver. Those guys have put on a show so far this season in the passing game. So you have Hepsiba at Burke County. Burke County with only one loss in region play. And then Thompson is hosting Harlem. Harlem only has one loss in region play. Thompson, of course, undefeated in region play. So those four teams will battle it out for seating. Thompson's in the driving seat, uh, driver's seat, but Hepsiba with Hepsiba with games against Burke County, Harlem, and Thompson. They have their chance to to have their say as well. Now, over to the South Carolina side, the other team, the second team in our wide area that I would say has the best chance to make a deep, deep state playoff run is Silver Bluff, the number three team in Class 2A on the South Carolina side. Well, they ran off 41 straight points to beat Barnwell, their arch rival, 55-20, Barnwell's number eight in the state, Silver Bluff number three, so big-time matchup, but the Bulldogs, as they have done all season, really imposed their will on their rival. Now, the Aiken Standard, Kyle Dawson, Noted in his write-up from this game that not only has Silver Bluff won 11 straight games dating back to last year's 29-28 loss to Barnwell, which came on the final play of the game on a two-point conversion. Well, not only have they won 11 straight, but they've won their seven games this season All by 34 points or more. Silver Bluff is just red hot. Um, You know, I saw them play against Wade Hampton, number 10 team in the class. You know, ran off 27 unanswered against them, won 40 to 14 just a couple weeks ago. We're going to talk to D'Angelo Bryant later, but the, the, the Silver Bluff Bulldogs and the Thompson Bulldogs. Those are the two teams that have just really set the area on fire. the The only two undefeated teams left, both at seven and zero. Now, moving on, uh, a result here in Richmond County on, on the Augusta side of the border that that means a lot is Westside's twenty eight to six win over Laney. Xavier Green pounded um, pounded the Laney defense, um, you know, along with. Westside's offensive line. and They really controlled the line of scrimmage and scored 28 points in a row after Laney went up 6-0. to zero. Now, that win is very important, important because what you have is Westside takes this Friday off, but then next Friday, they'll get Jefferson County at home on TV on WJBF. Now, Jefferson County is still undefeated in region play and they've won three straight region championships, but... Before they get West Side, they have to. They will host Putnam County this Friday night, and that's a huge game because Putnam County is number seven in the in the state. They're undefeated overall. I, you know, I said a second ago that Thompson and Silver Bluff are the undefeated teams. Putnam County is a well is as well. So check uh, check myself on that. Putnam County 7 and 0, they're number 7 in the state and they go into Jefferson County, the three-time defending region champion, and you know, the winner of that game will obviously be in the lead and then Westside will get their chance at Jefferson County. So Westside's angling for a chance at a top 2 spot which means a home game in the playoffs. But before any of that takes place, you have Putnam County and Jefferson County this Friday. That'll be a great one in Louisville. If I wasn't going to be in Washington, I would be in Louisville for that one. Now, South Aiken. South Aiken defeated their rival, North Augusta, 15-12. to That's five straight wins for the Thoroughbreds. They've been paced, um, now not necessarily in this last game, but for the season, they've been paced by running back Javon Edwards, who is a freshman, Edwards is averaging over 100 yards per game rushing, and he's got six touchdowns in, in, so far in the team's six games. And so after opening with a loss to Silver Bluff, South Aiken has run off five straight games. They're 2-0 and in region play, so they're in the driver's seat in that region to um, to, to, to win the region. Now, they play uh, airport this Friday and they can clinch the region championship with a win. Now something to watch in that region is Aiken at two and one. Aiken has had a tough time for several years, but they they've now run off wins against Midland Valley and um, oh goodness uh, would it have been Airport? Yeah, and, and and Airport and so. Aiken plays a non-region game Friday against McCormick, and then they're going to host North Augusta on October 29th. So if Aiken can beat North Augusta, they'll lock up a number two spot and um, get a home playoff game. But you know, there, there's a there's some work to be done in between now and then because. North Augusta is one and one They face uh, Midland Valley this week, so they could go into that game, uh, what, 2 and one So that's, that's a little bit off in the future. Now, speaking of rivalry games, Evans topped Lakeside over here in Columbia County in a Class 6A region game. Um, Evans topped their rival Lakeside 37-29. Now, what you have there is Lakeside's playing Alcove this Friday night. Unless Lakeside can get a win over Al Covey, what I see coming is uh, November 6th, a Saturday matchup to a season finale matchup between Evans and Al Covey for the region crown, which is a repeat of last year when those two teams played for the region championship on the final day of the regular season. Evans is 2-0 in region play, Al two 2-0 in region play. So that's kind of what I see coming. Evans um, is going for their third straight region championship. Um, Joseph Hampton had another huge game last week, the just an electric tailback. Uh, Caleb Jackson, a four-year quarterback for Evans. Um, they continue to roll with only one loss on the season, that being to uh Washington County, Class 2A's number 10 ranked team. A few more results. Uh Hammond, the four-time South Carolina Independent School Association state champion came to Augusta Christian and cleaned house with a 45-0 to win. It's only Augusta Christian's second loss of the season. The Lions will try to get back on track this Friday with a game at Glasscock County. Speaking of cleaning house, Clark Central put 76 on the board against Greenbrier. Um, they beat the Wolfpack 76-34 now. Greenbrier you know they had it 28-21 at one point um you know the 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 passing attack and the offense for Greenbriers unquestioned Brooks Pangle uh, threw for over 450 yards and four touchdowns in that game. But, you know, there was no stopping Clark Central um, as they put 76 on the board. Now, what you have in that class 5A region that Greenbrier is in, it's an interesting uh, region standing to look at because you've got eight teams and you've got Clark Central up at the top at 5-0. You've got Johnson down at the bottom at 0-5. And and then the other six teams are all 2-2. so with three games remaining, Greenbrier controls its own destiny. Three wins would, I assume, get it, you know, barring some kind of weird tiebreaker situation. I assume that would get the Wolfpack that number two seed in a home game in the state playoffs. Greenbrier hosts Johnson, who, again, I said is 0-5. They host Johnson this Friday, so um, I would think Greenbrier would have its eyes on a fast start um, in that three-game stretch looking for that number two seed. Speaking of teams being bunched up in the standings, here's a couple South Carolina regions where you have that dynamic. First, in the Class 3A region, you have Strom Thurmond at 2-1 and one, tied with Gilbert, the number 10 team in Class 3A, which is 2-1 and one in region play. Brooklyn Casey, the number eight team in Class 3A, they're two and one in region play. And Orangeburg Wilkinson is also two and one. Now, Thurman was able to beat Brooklyn Casey two weeks ago, but they dropped a game last week to Orangeburg Wilkinson, uh, nine to zero. So you have those four teams bunched up at two and one with two weeks remaining. And right outside of that, is Fox Creek at one and two. Now, Fox Creek goes to Orangeburg-Wilkinson Thursday night, so they're going to try to get into that race a little bit. So we'll see how that result goes. But a big one Friday is Strom Thurmond at Gilbert, number 10 Gilbert. Um, those two teams always have, uh, you know, intense battles, and that will help break the log jam up at the top. And then next week, you have uh, Strom Thurmond playing at Fox Creek. So Fox Creek's trying to get in there with four other teams in, in a race for playoff spots, region championships, home games, all that good stuff. Over in the 1A region... That's the most competitive region out there when it comes to uh, parity and teams, uh, a multitude of teams being able to compete. And so Williston Elko upset. Who did they beat? it gets confused oh yeah yeah they beat denmark olar last week and that puts it into a situation where rich spring Mineta, wagner sally rich spring Mineta, by the way the, the the top 10 team in this list of teams rich spring Mineta, wagner sally denmark olar calhoun county blackville hilda and Williston Elko all have a puncher's chance. That's six teams out of seven that all have a puncher's chance to win that region or get a top-two spot in in a home playoff game. And what you have uh, coming up this Friday is Wagner Sally and Ridge Spring Mineta playing. It's always fun when those two teams get together. And you also have uh, Denmark Olar at Blackville Hilda before the – In the final week, you know, two weeks from now, Blackville Hilda will play at Wagner Sally. All those games will be important in breaking that log jam up at the top. That's some of the most exciting football around with those teams um, when they get together on Friday night. Now, um, before we get to the 378 war and our interview with Coach D'Angelo Bryant, I'll tell you about the last region to get into to to start playing um, region games and that's the gisa georgia independent schools association class 2a region 4 and what you have there is briarwood augusta prep edmund burke and thomas jefferson three of those four teams have better than 500 records as we enter region play and, and they're going to do a round robin these last three weeks where they all play each other. We're going to catch at least one of those games, maybe more. And um, cause I've been looking forward to that all season. So this Friday you have Briarwood which is five and three at Augusta prep, which is four and three. And you have Edmund Burke at two and five against Thomas Jefferson, which is seven and one. And so we won't catch that this week, but in the weeks after that, we're going to make our way into that region action and cover some of that. Um, I said we would, uh, get to the 378 war after that, but I, I, I have to, um, you know, I temporarily, uh, lost track of Aquinas, which won its first region game in a couple years Friday. Um, you know, a dramatic victory over, um, was it Savannah Country Day? And I'm going to verify that real quick before I get too far ahead of myself. Aquinas is 6-3 and three overall, 1-0 and oh in region play. Yeah, so that was Savannah Country Day, 28-27 on the road. No, at home. I'm sorry. 28-27 at home. Now, Aquinas goes to Savannah Christian Friday. Savannah Christian's four and four. And, um, before they get a week off and then host Calvary Day in, in the finale. So all four of the teams in their region will be guaranteed a playoff spot, but Aquinas in these last two games will get to earn maybe a region championship, hopefully a home game, if not that. So, um, you know, good luck to the Irish in those games as well. That brings me to this week's featured game, the 378 War, which is what the Lincoln Journal online says this rivalry has recently become, uh, come to be called. That's how I knew the game, but evidently that hasn't always been called the 378 War. And always is a long time when you're talking about this rivalry. These two teams first met in 1922. 100 years ago. The Lincoln Journal Online has a great breakdown of this rivalry, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And so they played in 1922, Lincoln County and Washington Wilkes did. They played twice that year. And as it said in the, in the article, quote, there apparently were some hard feelings over that game as the two schools would not play each other again until 1939. End quote. So once they played again in 1939, they've played every year since, except for the years 1956 and 1957. And this will be, this Friday night, will be the 85th meeting between these two rivals. This rivalry is mentioned statewide. You know, when it comes to the radio shows on Friday night or the GPB talking about um, Georgia high school football every week, you know, they always talk about this game and this will be my first time taking it in. I just can't wait. I, I've been to Washington twice to see Aquinas play Washington Wilkes twice over the years. There's no cell cell reception out there. So I'll probably the, the, the first thing you'll hear from me about the game will probably be in the early morning time Saturday, but I can't wait to see this now. Some series uh, record information. Lincoln County leads the all-time series with 40 wins. Washington Wilkes has won 38, and there's been six ties. Lincoln County is third on the all-time winning list in the state of Georgia, and Washington Wilkes is 13th. Two proud programs, and they're going to get after it Friday night. Washington Wilkes is, um it, you know, a lot of great players in this game, but Washington Wilkes is led by Dalen Cobb. Now, I hope I'm saying his name right. It's spelled D-A-L-E-N. That's one of the first things I'm going to ask him is if I'm saying his name right when I see him. And uh, Dalen Cobb, a senior uh, quarterback, just an electric player judging from the highlights. I've been wanting to watch him play for years now. Um, he was mentioned as one of the five players fighting for player of the year honors by the Georgia high school football daily. Just this morning, uh, Cobb is the 100 meter champion from last year in track and field. He has rushed in the eight games for Washington Wilkes. He's rushed for 800 yards and passed for 810 yards. And he's had a hand in 21 touchdowns. I'm sorry. That's over seven games. Um, when he's, uh, posted those numbers the team is six and one and ranked number nine in the state but you can throw those records out the window friday when the 370 when the 378 war kicks off now speaking of tradition let's get to our final segment when we interview d'angelo bryant now that tradition is something we talk about that word tradition is something we talk about in our interview whether, it, whether when it comes to the state championships at Silver Bluff the seven nfl players that the school has produced in the last you know just under 30 years the uh, tradition is a key word at silver bluff and this team this 2021 team has really honored that tradition with their play and that's an understatement i talked earlier in the show about the eleven straight wins the uh, the, the the winning by 34 or more points in their seven wins this season. And before we get to our interview, I just want to, you know, kind of expand on that a little bit. Let's look at those seven wins this season, a 40 to zero win over South Aiken in game one. South Aiken now is five and one and they're the region leader in the class four, a region in, South, in our, our areas, class four, a region. Now, Silver Bluff's class 2A school number 3 they beat South Aiken 40 to 0. Well, the number 2 team currently in that region is Aiken, that 4A region is Aiken. Well, Silver Bluff beat them 34 to 0. Fox Creek fighting for uh, a playoff spot in class in the class 3A region. Well, Silver Bluff beat Fox Creek 41 to 0. Midland Valley also a 4A team. Silver Bluff beat Midland Valley, 43 to0. Then Silver Bluff gets into region play. They top Wade Hampton, 40- 14. That's the number 10 team in Class 2A, score 27 unanswered points to end that game. They, then they go on to beat their rival number eight Barnwell, 55-20 last Friday, running off 41 unanswered points. To end that game. And then they also have a 63 7 win over Peleon. Silver Bluff will end their regular season this Friday night against, no, I'm sorry, Silver Bluff will play Edisto this Friday night and then end their regular season the following uh, Friday against Swansea. You know, we expect Silver Bluff to finish up strong and hit the ground running in the coming state playoffs. And now we go to our interview with Coach Bryant. Coach, you know, Silver Bluff tradition is something, you know, I've been kind of dying to talk to you about for a while now, so shame on me for being late to the party on this thing. But, you know, you are a part of back-to-back state championship teams, according to, you know, the radio interview that I listened to on the way back from your – huge win over Wade Hampton a few weeks ago. Um, I know you played at Wake Forest. You're you're a graduate of Silver Bluff. You know, I I googled, you know, seven NFL guys coming out of the Bluff in the last 30 years. Um, You know, so much tradition at Silver Bluff. I want to get into the current team right after this first question, but tell me what it's like, um, the tradition at Silver Bluff and the guys who have gone through this the program the support you get from them and the pride that you take in uh leading your team to you know seven and oh start this season number three ranking um you know a couple big wins over some ranked teams you're riding high but talk about how um you know the the uh the tradition of the program and how how that plays into your success today
1: well, I think you mentioned two key words in there, and, and I think that's the, the, you know, what summarizes what Silver Bluff football is about, and that's, that's pride and, and tradition. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we strive for in this program is excellence, and I'm just very blessed and fortunate that I get an opportunity to, uh, you know, continue that legacy. Uh, you talk, start talking about the history of coaches like Chriswell and, and Bush Jacobs and my former coach, Al Lyon. Uh, you know, you're talking about three men who, who instilled and, and carried on a tradition of, of pride, excellence, and, and, uh, and, and just the, the, uh, the, have the ability, uh, to be able to pour into, into the, the student athletes. And so, um, you know, it's just, it's just a blessing to be able to, to do that. And in my, my sense, I get an opportunity to give back to a community that was, that was so great for, great to me. Uh, very instrumental in my development as a, as a person, as a student, as a player um and, you know, and as a, as a, as a man of God. And, uh, you know, it's just very fortunate. So, you know, when you talk about Civil Bluff and, and the history, uh, that, that is, that Civil Bluff carries, it's just a lot of pride there. Um, anybody will tell you, I mean, you can see it on Friday nights, uh, as it, uh, uh, as it resonates through our fans. Uh, you know, the, the phone calls that we get, uh, throughout the week and, and all those other things are just simply special. And, uh, you know, and I know you kind of asked me about, you know, uh, how those, uh, those former alumni, uh, you know, uh, how, you know, how that relationship is. And it doesn't matter where anybody goes. You know, I still hear from guys like, uh, you know, 11 year, you know, NFL veteran Corey Chavis, uh, uh, guys like Dwayne Bates and, uh, Cordray Tankersley and, 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 you know, just some of those guys. Uh, you know, all of us share, you know, one common thing, and that's, that's the pride, pride and tradition of
0: uh, of Silver Bluff. Now, w- after your 40-14 to 14 win over, and, and I know you had a huge win last week uh, over Barnwell, 55-20, arch rival on the road. I saw you got dumped uh, a bucket of water or Gatorade or something <laughs> on you after the game. Looked like a great time over there. But, you know, I happen to be at that uh, Wade Hampton game. So so um, after that game, I talked to you, and you talked about your seniors and how they handled that adverse moment that they had. And, you know, it looked like in both games. I know the game I saw you run, go down 40 to 13. You end up you know, running off 27 straight points. You ran off, I think it was 41 straight against Barnwell last Friday. Um, but you talked about the seniors and how – They um, you almost don't have to tell them anything because they you know, they know what to do. They know how to lead. Um, And this is your fourth year as coach. And I I can't help but like wonder, was there a sort of a four year plan? Like, did you spot that freshman class when you came in and kind of know that you're working on somewhat of a four year plan or did it just happen to work out that way? <clears throat> well, I, I think
1: for the most part, it, it kind of really worked out. Uh, of course, you know, when, when, you know, it was my head first football head coaching job. I've been a head coach before in other sport, but you know, uh, when I first got here, I, I had a very talented senior, senior class, but it, it was a group that, you know, they went through three coaches in literally a four year span. And uh, you know, so there was a lot of inconsist- a lot of inconsistency there with them and and, and me trying to come in on short on such short time and really uh establish what I wanted and, and what I had envisioned for this program. Um, you know, it was it was extremely tough. Now I'll tell you this about this about this senior class now. Uh this class wasn't the most talented group that came in. But I'm gonna tell you one thing about this group. This group stayed together and they were a hard working group. Uh, I remember guys like Corey Heath, I remember the first day I, I saw him and met him, he was a bit younger, uh, but he, you know, I, I, I picked with him all the time cause I told him, I said, man, I don't think you would be able to go to the prom with anybody cause you got three left feet. But he's, but he, you know, it's <laughs> just examples like that right there, uh, where these guys are just, they taking their development to another level. Uh, Jada McCloud, um, uh Jermaine Jackson who's been a four year starter for us. Dominic Eel who came in and and has been a four year starter you look at the way that their bodies and their minds and and everything about them the aspect and their their, their nature of the game has changed um you know it's it's just truly been a blessing to be able to watch uh um and and the way that they take ownership on things as well um you know at their freshman year they a lot of them had to sit back and watch obviously being young their sophomore year, we threw him into the fire, and it was extremely tough. You know, you're talking about being in a in a blender. Um, you know, I used to call the the, the two A the region that we were in kind of like the SCC West when we were in there with Abbeville and and Batesburg and 96 and Saluda. And you're talking about you know four or five four of those teams in that region had won the state championship over the last you know I guess uh, what seven or eight years uh, at the time. Uh, or, or at least play for the state championship. And so those guys, you know, they, they, they got thrown to the fire really early. And then their junior year, they came back and, and, and it was a combination of, uh, their, their will not to lose. And, and, you know, you saw it. And of course, you know, we, we took some lumps in that first game and, you know, against Way Hampton and, and Barnwell lost two, two disappointing losses. But, um, you know, the way that these guys have led this football team, Uh, It's simply been tremendous, and uh, we're certainly glad that we have all 17 of these seniors and and everything
0: they contribute to this program. I agree. It has been tremendous. This season has been as close to a flawless season as I've I've seen. Um, Now, one thing that Trayvon Dunbar, your star running back, and I want to say the gentleman on the radio as well who who was um, in in, – who was present for the game that I was at the Wade Hampton game? They both noted on the radio the fact that you guys play um, people play one way instead of two ways, uh, you mm-hmm. know b- both sides of the ball, and that being different in double a ball and that being in an, an advantage over other teams, is that something that from day one you 've tried to institute and like how are you able to um, how are you able to get that done when most of your competitors at, at your school size aren't able to get that done well we've been we've just been honestly we've been very fortunate
1: and um you know our, our numbers in terms of the program has has increased but uh you know you can have all the numbers you want to you know i've been at a 5a high school before and we've had plenty of numbers but you know you also have to have the talent that go behind it and we've just been able to have uh been fortunate to have all the right guys to be able to go in the right places and we've also asked a lot of guys to make some sacrifices and play some positions that's probably not as normal or, or what, you know, everybody else may look and say, you know, you know, coach, this kids probably a linebacker and we got him playing defensive end or something like that. So these guys have, have been just willing, uh, and it's been a combination of, of willingness and, and as well as, uh, you know, their ability to, um, to be able to play the position and just, you know, having, having those right guys at the right time, um, uh, be able to fill in. And so, um, you know, obviously, a problem won't always be like that. And one of the things that we do, uh, have the luxury of and we still do and continue is that we, we train guys in other positions because, um, you know, it, it definitely helps in terms of 2A with, with depth, uh, right now in terms of not having to play guys both ways. But at the same time, we're also still a 2A school. <clears throat> so if, if somebody does go down, you know, that, that wouldn't be impossible to see, uh, for instance, you know, you were at the way Hampton game and to see a guy like Malik Williams, our quarterback, uh, have to give us some, some reps at safety or <coughs> Arthur Walker giving us reps at corner, which, you know, he's done. So we always try to make sure that you know, we keep those guys in the loop, uh, just in case, you know, just in case. You just never know. And, um, and, you know, we're just very fortunate that all of, all of our guys in the program are team players
0: yeah Malik i think had a i know he had an interception I think he had a fumble recovery in that game too um yeah so uh, you know i wanna definitely get to guys like Malik Williams. you have so many great players, but I wanna keep on the timeline here and so the last question I'll try to put two questions into one I was gonna ask you of course about trayvon Dunbar and then also about your offensive line, so I'll kind of combine those two uh those two topics and say. Um, You know, I know you've got to feel like you've got the best running back in the area, maybe the best running back in the state. You know, such a great back in Trayvon Dunbar, sophomore. You know, the stats are video game number type stats. Mm -hmm. Um, And but then also, God, I see. You know, he shares online from this last game the first run that he shares online in his highlight package. These your center Corey Heath and. And and the left guard, I think it was, just blowing out the the middle of that defensive line. So the question would be like, you got the best back? Do you have the best offensive line? Um, you know, talk about that running game and everybody involved.
1: Yeah, well, you know, just like you said, I mean, uh, you know, let's start with Trayvon. Uh, he he's a uh, he's a very a special talent, and and um there's so many things that that we see in him uh as a coaching staff um that gives us a a different edge um you know he he's one of those guys that he can um he can make uh nothing into something and and that's that's special it takes a special talent so you don't don't ever want to take away from the gift of a kid uh but I also will say that um that offensive line has just done a tremendous job i mean coach coach barton and coach van Hook, uh, you know, they, they drill those guys every day probably harder than anybody else, um, on that field along with that defensive line. And, 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 and it's very competitive. Um, it, it was competitive from for ever since from the summer and, and, the, you know, through summer workouts and everything like that. And so, uh, I had an idea that we were going to be good, but, uh, to, <coughs> to say, um, that we're this good right now, I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's kind of been, uh, a breath of fresh air. Uh, but, you know, here's the deal. I mean, you, you talk about guys like Corey hees uh, and, and Connor Barton, um, AJ Gaines, um, and then you add another senior in there who's played some defensive line, and then it's just, again, talking about that willingness to, to make the switch, Justin Fleming, and then we've also had a, a junior who we asked to step in last year and play some big minutes for as Ryan Mills. Um, you know, four of those guys that I just mentioned, four out of five of those guys are seniors. And um, and so, they, you know, again, they've, they've, they've took their lumps. You know, they've had to learn. I think that's been the biggest thing is that they've had to learn the game of football. And, two, they had to learn how to get strong and use that strength. And so now I think that's what you're seeing is a, is a combination of, of all of that kind of coming together. And then you add a, uh, a sophomore to that mix. And so they've really been kind of bringing him along. Christian Eccles, who I think, you know, has a very high ceiling. Uh got six foot four two hundred and twenty pounds, and he's far from going and and his attitude is just simply unbelievable when it comes to wanting to be better uh and going and is going to get better so uh you know I've just been been very excited you know every time I see those guys because you know they play they play with an edge you know they play with with a with a little toughness and and a little a little attitude that that uh that is warranted you know it has it has to be like that, and they understand the, the type of backs you know that they have behind them. you know yes we you know rave about uh Trey and his ability but you know you got uh, our back up running back Marcus who uh, Marcus Washington in my opinion I think if Marcus was uh you know uh, at any other school Marcus would would be a starter you know he would be a he would be a future back and and Malik Williams gives us another element and, and of course you know those guys they don't they don't want anybody to touch Malik <laughs> when he's going back mm-hmm. to pass and stuff like that so um so it's a lot of pride there and I'm just I'm very pleased with uh with the entire offensive group overall and it gives us an opportunity to not just <clears throat> run the football effectively but also to be able to pass as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you got to talk talk about the offensive line and talk about their toughness because after that Wade Hampton game he told me all about uh, the 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 toughness that your defensive line played with and the whole defensive unit, but that defensive line in particular. You mentioned Jaden McLeod, Davon Simpkins. I hope I said his first name right there. Yeah, and um, you know, the, just a, a great group on both sides of the ball. We could, you know, I really do believe we could talk all day about the Silver Bluff Bulldogs. It's the team in the area and it, this whole CSRA that I believe is best position to make the absolute deepest run in the playoffs. Um, you know, Thompson on the other side would be another candidate for that. But it's a big old area, and you guys are shining the brightest in the entire area. So congratulations on a great start. I know you, you've got your mind on what's forward and not what's behind. So um, we'll be following you through that, that run. And I, I've gone over my ten minutes, but thank you so much for being um, with us here today, Coach.
1: Uh thank you Chad and, and appreciate everything that you you and uh everyone else does for, for high school athletics. We really appreciate it. <laughs>